and brightest day and blackest night. All other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 494. Ever closer, man. Ever closer. <laughs> you had those retirement plans ready, Chad. <laughs> we recommend you have them. It's 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 every episode at this point, and people are probably like actually expecting an announcement on episode five hundred. <laughs> and what makes you think we're not having one? Returning Chad loose so he can do creative credit full time. Good luck getting those guests. So you can travel around the country after Ram V and Jamal Campbell and all your <laughs> other crushes. <laughs> you, you can send us a postcard. Keep us updated. Oh, my God. All right. What are we talking about tonight? Well, we other we're going to have some news news and then we're going to delve into feedback, which has been building. Not that we have really a tremendous amount of it, but we have kicked the can down the road. Out of necessity, not by choice, really, because we've had topics that we are, we knew we were going to take over an hour to cover. So this is our first episode in a while where we can, can kind of go at a relaxed pace and we know we have plenty of time to do everything we want to do anyway. So which is good, especially yeah. on the on the lead up to episode 500. Might as well clear out the feedback. So, you know, uh, I, w- I would say I mean, like not not that we don't want feedback on anything like else, but. But you just uh, did. No. <laughs> but, but it's probably best to if start sending in feedback for episode 500. Uh, whether or not it'll actually be read on 500 is another matter because, you know, that's a big episode. It'll probably take a while. Do we want to make it even longer by reading feedback? I don't know. But we may have like a, you know, episode 500 sort of feedback episode, you know, like 501 or something like that. You know, uh, who knows? Um but, you know, uh, if you want to ce- celebrate that milestone with us, get in your your feedback now. Yeah, man. For sure. So what's first up on the rocket docket? All right. So let's obviously there's we have a relatively big item that just literally broke the day before we were about to record. So but we're going to put that we're going to hold on to that for like a few minutes just because that's a that's on the positive side. So let's get some of the negative stuff out of the way first. So then that will be like the palate cleanser. <laughs> Okay. So there were there were two two changes for t- uh, two movies that you both that you have actually interest in just varying degrees that could that will definitely affect the project. One is only going to be a temporary have temporary impact, though you can make a case big impact. But it, the project's going to happen. The other, eh, like we talked about last week with Patty Jenkins, that so that's where we're. Let, let me start with that. We'll go this route first. So Star Trek four, which is the classic example of a project which has been greenlit and then re- removed from a schedule and greenlit and, and, and put on ice 
Well, Star Trek Four, as in the Kelvin verse, Abrams verse. Well, that's back off the Paramount release schedule, which makes sense on one level because they lost Matt Shackman. Because Shackman was supposed to do that movie before he wisely decided to put his eggs in the Fantastic Four basket instead. So in a way, it made sense that this project was going to be delayed. But this is one of those things like Rogue Squadron to me. I just doubt this project's ever going to get made because we know, as you and I discussed, Star Trek Beyond not only didn't do well, but it had horrible marketing and a horrible first trailer. And from a box office perspective, they've never really built on built on the surprisingly good performance of the first Kelvin verse movie that into darkness didn't really do that well either in the big picture, whether that was some, how much of that is related to the con BS. We don't know, but it just didn't do what people thought it was going to do. And clearly beyond did even worse. So commercially, you don't even know how viable that star Trek really is as a property. Cause it's certainly, there's no reason to think looking at its long movie history, that it's a particularly viable franchise. If you're looking to get a lot of money coming in. And then you look at the fact that the cast was completely blindsided when they greenlit this project again, which I think was last year. I don't think it was the beginning of this year. It could have been, but I thought it was the end of last. No, maybe it was the beginning of this year. It's hard to believe we're almost in October already. But either way, now this has been removed from the release schedule. So that's number one. And we can. Yeah, that kind of sucks because I I do like the Kelvin timeline. I, I, I agree that Beyond was not necessarily the best, uh, but. I, I still had fun with Beyond. Beyond was you know, it, it, much like the entire Kelvin timeline to begin. It's a good popcorn flick. Uh, lots of good special effects. And I think, you know, I've pointed to the Kelvin timeline films before as being like a good-ish template that were that signals that we're ready for a Green Lantern movie. Like we can do it, um, at least special effects wise. Um, and you know, that's a sentiment that was, you know, RIP, but shared with, uh, with my, by Denny O'Neill. Cause I remember when I've mentioned it on the show before, but I, one of the things that I have spoken or had spoken with Denny about was, uh, before the Green Lantern movie came out, you know, like, are we ready for this? And he had pointed to the Kelvin timeline movie, uh, the first one, uh, as, as being kind of a signal that we're ready for this. And I agree with him. Uh, but, I don't know, you know, I don't have a big tie to Star Trek. I know my dad watched it because I have this sense of nostalgia with Star Trek that I must have some memories of watching the show that I just can't hold on to the details of. Because when I hear the, uh, is it the ping? Would you describe it as like the ping of the Enterprise, that sort of echoing uh yeah i think i think you can describe i know what you mean on the on the on the bridge or whatever yeah 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 Yeah, i think you could describe i i think it's ping like enough to describe it as such yeah 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 so i i that i there's something instinctive in me that really recognizes that sound and i sort of flash back to childhood and hearing that sound in the house and you know uh and then of course the the theme and, and how epic the theme is um things like that you know there there are references i do get and the kelvin timeline was just different enough of a concept because of the the time travel aspects that sort of kicked it all off that it's like okay if you if you're familiar ish with star trek this could be your star trek because you don't necessarily have to know anything 
to get into it. You just have to recognize the sort of basic building blocks and then have fun from there. And if you get the references, great. And if you don't, then look, you're having fun, which is probably why I enjoyed the Into Darkness a little bit more is because, yes, I know about Wrath of Khan uh, and I've probably even seen it at one point. But again, the connection isn't there. So I, you know, it's it doesn't bother me that it's, you know, what they what they did or didn't do with that film. So honestly, my problem with all of that is Cumberbatch. I don't know that he was right for that role. I don't necessarily feel like uh, I bought into it. But at this point, Beyond was 2016. And I think we've talked about it before with some other films in the past. Like, are we getting to the point where it's kind of too late to keep going with this franchise? Well, which is a a valid point, because I was thinking about this today, that 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 is certainly something that's applicable to to this cast, this version. Because number one, almost everybody who they almost everybody they brought into this project, not everyone, but almost everybody is a bigger name now because of other things that they've done than they were coming in. So part of the reason why this project, the like the first version of Star Trek four, which was supposed to be rumored to be bringing because people forget well, it's easy to forget that Chris Hemsworth was in the original. It's easy to forget because nobody knew who Chris Hemsworth was yet, but he was he played George Kirk. Right. And that that opening scene. But there was a lot of talk that they were going to do some kind of time travel stuff where George Kirk was going to be able to interact with with Pines, uh, James T. Kirk. And that's and just the whole discussion about what they were going to do for the fourth movie for a for a franchise that isn't making a lot of money repeatedly. It's the fact that now you have this cast, which is relatively big named at this point. Just the amount of money you're going to spend to have to bring back the actors, and especially, I think, based on some of the contract discussions or the agreements, even if they were gentleman agreements with some of the actors, that they were going to be paid more if they came back and did another movie. So now it's kind and of like, then well, plus there's like the whole do you recast checkoff thing? Yeah, I think that I think they had decided they weren't doing that. I think yeah, they were right. going to be consistent that they were just going to they would probably write the character off, but they weren't going to recast. But you were correct. That would be another potential problem. Uh, and I think for what it's worth, I thought Beyond as a movie was certainly better than it should have been based on my interest level, based on the horrible marketing. Oh, yeah, I had I had fun with it for sure. Yeah. So but I think, yeah, I that's what all these reasons is why I would suspect. And the fact that, you know, when they greenlit, like I said, when they greenlit this, Nobody knew it was coming. It's like literally this was kind of like the this was kind of like the the Star Trek version of when Warner Brothers made the announcement they were going to be releasing all the 2021 movies on day and date that nobody knew that announcement was coming till they announced it. No, none of the cast knew that basically those other options were being picked up for a sequel that Abrams more or less declared almost immediately. We're we're planning on shooting soon. It's like, well, that was news to everybody, but you'd think you'd kind of work that out because they may have been maybe conflicts. Too. So that's for that. So for this movie, that's why I think that's not going to I would be more surprised if this movie ever, ever comes to fruition. And the next one, which is more important to you, is that Blade just lost its director that let me have Bassam Tariq or Tariq, uh, probably Tariq, that he 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 left that. I think Feige and Disney, Feige and Marvel have spun it that is because of the delay in the the shooting schedule, which there was a delay, you know, this movie should have been already underway shooting and it was delayed several months over the summer. They announced it was going to be delayed, but some of the rumors are that, that, that Tariq had issues with the script. Either way, it does. It's not, a, it's not good because this movie is supposed to be released like what next year, I believe. So the reality is this is a movie that really should already be underway. It's already been delayed. 
and now you lost your director, which obviously is going to be causing another delay. And it's, it stands out like a sore thumb because we really haven't had issues like this with for Marvel. You know, if this was Lucasfilm, this would be like a dime a dozen. If this was DC, this would be a dime a dozen having problems. But for Marvel, it just it doesn't it's it's not a good look for a project which has kind of gotten off to a bad start, which a lot of people, you included, have a lot of high hopes for. So and plus the timing of this with Werewolf by Night coming out next week. Actually, by the time this gets released, Werewolf by Night probably will be already be out that it's just not a it's not a good look. And it's just something that I think that brought that just broke, too. So I figured that that was worth throwing out there. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at Bassan's I because I you know you know me I don't really pay much attention to directors unless I already know the name or whatever but I don't recognize any of his credentials so it's not that big of a loss to me the the only way it impacts is like you know sort of quote unquote how close we are to that movie coming out um but I still think you know we're still in early early pre production on, on that so. Well, not that early because they were they they were really supposed to be shooting already. That's they're, true. They're not they're 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 I mean they're not in principal photography yet. So yes, on that level, it's not like the shooting is underway and he left, which would have been a lot worse. But they were getting perilously close, and if they weren't delayed, they they would have been shooting. But yeah, I wonder. I wonder. Would do you think it would be a good move to get the original director of the first Blade movie? Who was who was that? Was that a uh, uh, look- St- Stephen Norrington? He also did uh, Alien. Th- oh wait, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, I was gonna say no. We didn't do Alien Three because it sounded like that's where you were going with it. Uh, Director, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, The Last Minute, Blade, and Death Machine. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of directing credits. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know where they're gonna go. It's, that that's gonna be interesting because again, we've. I mean, technically, if you want to make the case that even though there's different circumstances, this is like, this, this is actually the second time that Marvel has lost a director not that long ago because of the fact that uh, what's his face from uh, Spider-Man is the one who left Fantastic Four. So they ended up with Shackman mm-hmm. that he was originally attached to do Fantastic Four and, and he, and he chose not to, he, he removed himself. So mm-hmm. that is, so it, it, is, it is interesting whether it means anything, we don't know. But, you know, some people are speculating that this just could just be like, you know, because Feige is like a one man band here that maybe he's a, maybe he's a little overstretched and what's going on and being able to it's, it's harder. There's so many projects now going on at the same time that it's much harder for him to uh, oversee them and give them the same attention that he used to do before, which would be yeah. perfectly understandable if true. And any because of the fact that it you know, logically there's only one of him. But but it is interesting that, that on one level, you know, you know, we know this project's going, going to happen. It's just that. Yeah, for sure. And it may be. And it's probably there's, there's too much pivoting on it in the future of the MCU at this point. I mean, we don't know that, but based on sort of where they're headed and the hints we get with like the magic, the darker stuff, like stuff like it, there's too much going on. Or, or we would imagine being planned for that that there's they have to they have to be just relying on a lot for and this. it probably i mean and it may not even be delayed much if it's going to be delayed at all yeah but and, and, and to be perfectly honest it depends how much blade factors into any of the upcoming avengers movies because in all honesty if it doesn't have a huge impact and even if you pushed it back and swapped the release schedule with something else it's not really going to make a big deal then uh so i it's just it's probably that at the end of the day, it's probably go- not going to have a huge impact 
And you never know. I mean, it could turn out okay because obviously, for the most part, Ant Man turned out okay, even though they lost Edgar Wright. But those were different circumstances from mm-hmm. the time Edgar Wright was originally attached to that project. And by the time they got to put it on the release release schedule and slate, it was a whole different MCU, if you will. The MCU was kind of like in a different place. We'll see. I, I just thought it was worth mentioning both of those because they were similar. And I know you, you, I know you had different, you know, different levels, but I know you had interest in in both of those brands no, so go sure. ahead chad you break you break you break the fun news on the movie front uh oh yeah deadpool 3 with uh hugh jackman as wolverine that's really all we know i think at this point i mean obviously there's been like the video then there was like the follow-up video that had them sort of uh talking about it but being you know bleeped out basically yeah yeah bleeped out and everything so really all we know, Deadpool 3 is happening. We have a release date, which I didn't pull up in front of me, uh, but is before... I think it's 9, is it like 9, 6, 24? Something like that. It's, it's it's definitely before the Avengers movies, and it's before... Uh, Fantastic FF. Four. Yeah. yeah. So there's that. Uh, you know, it'll be cool. Uh, it just, just like, you know, look... Uh, Nine six twenty four. I'm based on the fact that that's a Friday, so that must that's what I'm remembering too. But I'm looking just at the calendar. That's probably what it was. Just aside from like you know the whole for for our purposes, we wish he'd freaking shut up about Green Lantern. You know, Ryan made a big deal about trying to salvage the character of Deadpool after Wolverine Origins. Uh, so we know he's got a lot of passion for that project. And then Deadpool ended up coming out and it was fucking great. You know, it was a good movie and as, as was Deadpool too, to a slightly lesser extent, but still a good film. And we know he's been just as hard pushing, you know, the jokes about uh, Wolverine and stuff. So yeah, it'll have a lot of cool stuff in it. You know, you had mentioned to me about the costume. That'd be cool. Um, uh, I, now that Deadpool is in the MCU, I'd be really interested to see what this means for the character of Logan in the MCU. Because if Deadpool's now part of the MCU and you have the rights to the X-Men and plans to bring the X-Men into your franchise, but probably not until after the next uh, two Avengers movies. Okay, now this means Logan's a part of the MCU. So what is like that just opens up a whole can of worms. But honestly, if anybody could do it without it meaning anything, it'd probably be Deadpool. So like, you know, they could easily just say, I mean, whatever the hell kind of bullshit comedic fourth world breaking explanation they have for it um, or just recast the character. And, you know, Deadpool's the only one who recognizes like whatever the hell they do. Uh, So. I, I I don't want to break my brain too hard about what it could mean because it's the perfect place to do that and get away with it. But, but yeah, it, it'd be cool. I'm definitely down for Deadpool three. I think it's, I think it certainly increases my interest in Deadpool three, considering I'm not a huge Deadpool fan as a character. I have no reference point other than knowing the basics about him before any of the movies. And obviously, yes, the, the Ryan Reynolds factor, at least, you know, if we, when we can separate him from the Green Lantern stuff, which would be easy to do if he would shut the hell up, uh, then, yeah, he seems perfectly likable. And we know he, and he's good at marketing. There's no doubt about that. He's a smart guy. And the fact that, th- I mean, this is not a huge, I don't think for some people this was, this probably was shocking. I don't consider this shocking. I never really believed that, that 
uh, Hugh Jackman wouldn't come back to do Wolverine under the right circumstance. And yeah. anything involving the multiverse automatically opens the door because, number one, it doesn't have to be the same wo- version of Logan anyway, nor, as, pe- as people have pointed out, the time frame even in Logan doesn't necessarily match the time frame in the other X-Men movies, which were always kind of shaky up in the air anyway about when they actually sure. took place because they were all kind of set in the near future. I think that's what they said. And it was 2029, I think, Logan was so... It doesn't, you know, like you said about you, you said it perfectly. It's like Deadpool probably is going to have these interactions with characters that are going to be completely irrelevant as far as mainstream MCU timelines and events. So the reality is this. We don't know how they're going to use this or and how it's going to happen, but it doesn't really matter. The fact is, it's cool. I think we're, I think everybody's looking forward to seeing huge. Maybe we'll actually get. But we've always been promised about a you know a really badass version of Wolverine because Lord knows we kept hearing it over and over again every time they made an X Men movie and we never got it. So the reality is maybe we're right. actually and we kind of got it we kind of got it in Logan, but yeah. by then he was already too old and sort of like losing his powers. Yeah. So here he'll be like fully powered, you would imagine, yeah. and just as like you know cigar smoking, cussing, you know all that other stuff, you know that you would always expect Logan to be. Uh, that he never was in those original films. Like they tried it as best they could with the rating they gave those films, but they never went far enough as far as basically every Logan fan was concerned. Right. They, <laughs> they, they, I mean, yeah, they gave, they gave you moments. They gave you brief scenes that, that hinted at it, like the, you know, the, the school attack in, in X2, but they never gave us exactly. And there were some, and there were some parts in uh, even in the, the Wolverine that were close. But yes, mm-hmm. you would think, especially if this does get an R rating, which most people expect it to get, that yeah. And plus, Ryan and Reynolds and obviously uh, Hugh Jackman get along so well, and they have such a good friendship that that's it's it's not surprising on that level that Ryan, if if anybody was going to bring you know, pull him back in, and plus we don't we don't know if this we don't know if this is going to be the last time we see him as Wolverine because it's not like Ryan Reynolds says hey. Hey Hugh, you want to play Wolverine one last time? That's not what he says. He wa- he says one more time. So it doesn't mean that he won't be in Secret Wars or something like that. He could he could be. Yeah. So, but either way, even if it's this is just a final one off, and yeah, I, I'm not that surprised because we know Hugh Jackman had interest in the MCU. It was, it was just poor timing that all the stuff and the merger with Fox and everything all took place after theoretically he had finished his run at the character with the character. But he always kind of. Well, not always oh, it might be the wrong word, but he certainly had, at, at, at some point was kind of lamented the fact that, yeah, it would have been cool to interact with Iron Man and do the stuff like that. But and you kind of was never was an opportunity at that time. Do you so, think they do you think this news didn't come out of D23 because like something wasn't finalized or because they didn't want it to overshadow everything else? Probably that the last one. Uh, I think that. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think they want I think they want to We're do- so close to D23 at this point still. Yeah. And and who knows, maybe because they know a lot of the stuff at D23 didn't, you know, really impress people all that much. And and maybe and and maybe with other stuff going on and they just thought that this was this was like really, really good timing. Maybe part of it was, hey, let's take away some Black Adam focus, you know, as we get closer to that release. Either way, there's lots of reasons. But this is, you know, for a non a non-official release, just basically Ryan Reynolds posting a video but it but it being official that the the brilliance of it you know no one can deny that so that so that that was really cool and i think most people will be it'll be fun seeing those two characters and those two actors 
together again, regardless of what of how they're going to be used and what the plot is. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, another thing we wanted to mention for you Lantern fans out there is uh, McFarland Toys did it again. Uh, <laughs> they fucking dropped a toy like the just like with Parallax. They dropped a gold label figure that nobody fucking knew a thing about until it was on shelves at target because the gold label stuff is exclusive to a certain store. It's, you know, the, the figure will be either at Walmart or target. I, I don't know if they have other gold label exclusives, like a GameStop or whatever, but uh, I know of Walmart and target. Anyways, we got a Kyle Rayner figure in that recent wave with the atrocitus build a fig and everything. Right. And everybody was talking about it's the modern costume, but why is he lying for some reason? Blah, 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 blah. Wouldn't it be awesome if we got a classic Kyle Rayner? Well, suddenly they just fucking drop one on us. Classic Kyle Rayner, crab mask and everything. Daryl Banks design uniform, all that stuff. And he comes with like a construct katana and uh, like kind of samurai armor uh, stuff. So that looks cool. And, uh, yeah, gold label figure exclusive to Target. And I didn't find out a thing about it until I'm on Twitter and somebody tags us and goes, hey, look what I found. And they're holding it in their hand. What the fuck? What is going on, McFarland? <laughs> Tell people about this. My God. <laughs> and what makes it worse is even though, again, the color scheme is off, is off. Actually, he doesn't come with the power battery, does he? No, he doesn't. He doesn't. That, that guy kind of sucks. But... What makes this worse is obviously, even though there are still some flaws with with the design on this this Kyle figure in the big picture, just because of the McFarland design. Even though I do like the hair, I do yeah. have an unpacking video I have to put up of, of my pile of loot uh, unboxing. Not that uh, I kind of like the hair falling down in his face. I kind of thought that was a nice feature, but this is by far a far this is a far superior version of kyle as green lantern and arguably the best uniform he's ever worn because the first one is arguably the worst uniform that he's ever worn that it's just unfortunate it's like for a lot of people who ran out you know a lot of people will justify it because they they bought all the figures to do the build you know to build atrocities but for the people who didn't like me who only got two figures who got death storm and that schlub kyle rayner figure yeah, the sword is, you know, the sword is nice and the battery is cool, but I would gladly have sacrificed that figure just to get this figure instead, because that's not even a costume I like. <laughs> <laughs> but at least with this being a Target exclusive, I think I have a besides, you know, I'm I'm trying to get one on eBay, but I'm keeping my eyes peeled. I think I have a, gr- a better chance of finding it at my Target, I think. Uh, but then again, it depends on the demand, because maybe the Martian Manhunter one just wasn't that popular. Yeah, I've got. And and, you know, and I do like the Martian Manhunter one. I really do. Yeah, it's not a bad figure. T- I just don't care to- about the character, so I didn't buy it. Yeah, I've been tempted to grab it each time I've seen it. Uh, just because it's, first of all, it's rare to see a gold label figure. Just because even if it's a character nobody gives a shit about, just people on eBay and stuff will just snap it up so they, they can get an extra 10 bucks profit off it or some shit, right? Because it's harder to find. Um but uh, I do like it. It's based on the classic design. You know, I'm a big sucker for the Silver Age stuff. Um, you know, I have the first Silver Age, the technically the first Silver Age appearance of Martian Manhunter, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I've got like, so I'm, I, for, for those of you who are familiar with Texas, I live in Kyle uh, and it's close to Austin and close to San Marcos and like, Within maybe 20 minutes of me, I've got like three to four targets. So I think I'll be able to find it. But you never know, especially in like, you know, high volume areas um, where, you know, it I don't know. It's really hard to say because like 
does this capture just the Green Lantern audience or does this just capture like 90s DC fans? Like what's what's the reach here? What's the likelihood that this will get snapped up aside from eBay flippers? Right. Yeah. I don't I would suspect unless you're a Green Lantern fan, I don't think. And again, leaving out the collectors and the hoarders. I don't think this will have a huge appeal on its own because uh, you have to have been reading Green Lantern in the 90s in particular to uh, to not just the costume, but to be into Kyle. I mean, you might you may have been reading. You may not be a Kyle guy and it means nothing to you. I I don't know. I'm going to look. I unfortunately only have one target, just like Walmart. I only have one Walmart really realistically within uh, travel. I mean, not within travel distance, if I really wanted to spend like an hour driving here and there, but within easy, like 20 minutes, either direction. I only have really one Walmart, which is down in Fishkill, And I have one in Poughkeepsie. I have a target. Uh, there's more targets. I know uh, that there's definitely more targets. I could go, I could hit in different, you know, different areas if I needed to, but I'm going to try, I'm going to hit mine uh, probably on Friday and I'll see. And I'll obviously, if I find something, I'll let you know. But I, I just have a feeling I'm more likely to stumble into Kyle than my certainly. And my luck so far has been at been at finding getting those parallaxes that I've gotten. Plus, Target's not 24 hours. My Walmart is, and I think that's always a detriment because a lot of times they do the stocking overnight, and people know this. So if you go at the right time, you have first run at stuff. I'm not, and I, and I'm not gonna lie. When I was an avid toy collector, I did that. I did that too when it came to. That's how. That, that's how I was lucky enough to get the star when when the in figures for Star Wars were being released in the wave where the Vader with removable helmet and the Luke with removable hand that that's how I got it because I don't want to this will be really quick that I kind of I became casually friendly with the guy who worked there who put the toys out at night and he said oh you could always call and and, and ask and you could call and ask if the in it and and if there's any figures waiting to go and you're going to come out that night, I'll tell you. So I called one night and this was over the summer. And he said, yeah, there's some figures. They probably won't be going out to like two 30. So I made sure I was there before two 30. And there was a pallet. And I knew what the assortment number was of the Vader, of the removable helmet case, except I didn't know what the decimal point number was after it. So they literally were three cases with the same assortment number, but with different decimal points. And there was only room for one box on the shelf. So if you guessed wrong, you were screwed. So by luck of the draw, I just said, open this one. And but and that was the right case. <laughs> so that's how I got my and I and I didn't even clean them out too. I forget how many were in a box. I I needed to get get it for like Chuck. And I, I I'm trying, I think that might have been it at that point. It was just Chuck. So I think I got a couple. But that was nice. but yeah, that's but that's what some but they probably still do that as far as they probably do a lot of their stocking overnight, even when they're at the 20. So that's probably why it's you're always gonna have it's gonna be hard to to it's going to be dumb luck for some of the stuff that's really inexclusive and people are looking for it. It might be hard to find, but target, I think you have a better shot. Yeah. Um, and speaking of merchandise, when is this episode coming out? Uh, it should, week? should come out on uh, the fourth, I believe. Uh, okay. So oh, the, uh, no, no. Yeah. The fourth, the fourth. Okay. So the, uh, the sixth through the ninth is, uh, New York Comic Con. This is just your reminder, folks, about those Funkos we talked about. Um, the John Stewart soda figure and its chase will be shared exclusive with GameStop. Um, again, no new news, so I'm not 
absolutely certain, but I'm pretty sure you'll be able to order that online. If not, just line up outside of your GameStop if you're able to uh, when that drops. I would assume that would be that Thursday, the 6th. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's that. And then there's the uh, Carol Ferris Star Sapphire with her costume with the black bits on it that uh, was most prevalent. You can look up the image from the later on in the new Guardians run uh, during the new 52. So uh, that will be Entertainment Earth, which is a website. So that will definitely be something you pre-order online. Again, just based on history, not anything that's currently confirmed. I would assume that will go live for orders on the 6th um, because that's the first day of the con. So I, I don't know for sure, but just keep your eyes to the your ears to the ground with the with those uh, with both GameStop and Entertainment Earths if you're interested in those figures because uh I'm absolutely getting Carol. I'll probably try for John, but I don't know for sure. So I I'm think trying, trying to be I, better with money these days and I'm not succeeding, but I'm trying. I think I will get I will try to get John. Uh I don't know. The Carol does not look bad. I just don't know if I want if I want to if I want to get it. I it's one of those things where you just have to see uh i might it's easy to get it's easy to get tempted in um but i think i think honestly look i i'm extremely tempted by john especially the chase but at this point i still don't have my white lantern how um which i do want because you know me i'm like i like my white lanterns um, but I don't have Larfleys. This is John Stewart. This is going to be the third one. Like, if I don't have this many, I, I my entry level is very low t- to the point where I can go, oh, no, I've got a regular how. That's all I really need. You know what I mean? Like, now, if they end up doing something crazy like, you know, Alan Scott or something, then obviously, like, the, te- the characters I'm m- much more a fan of, I'll probably be tempted enough to buy them. But if I get Larfleys and I go after the Larfleys chase, if I get John and I go after the John chase, then I'm just going to start doing the same thing that I already do with the lantern pops, like the actual pops as opposed to the soda figures. And I'm just going to want the complete collection. So if I just cut myself off now and I just allow this kind of these soda figures to stack and stack and stack so that I'm not tempted to then have an up-to-date complete collection moving forward, I think I'm just going to be saving myself a lot of, first of all, aggravation and second of all, money. So there is a sealed case of of those Green Lantern sodas still for 60 bucks. (laughs) I know. (laughs) You'd be guaranteed a chase figure. I know. I know. And I can just have a bunch of regular house to give away for prizes for the show and stuff. But like customize him, give him his great temples. I'm sure Jim would have fun with that. Jim loves customizing. Uh, And so do you. Uh, yes, depending to a certain extent. But yeah, sometimes out of necessity, I feel. <laughs> All right, on to feedback? On to feedback. All right, who's first up for feedback? We got a Ken sandwich, so I suppose we should start with Ken and then do Corey in between. All right. Uh, Which one do you want to do? You, do you want to do? So you, do you want to go in chronological and do Ken's oldest first? Yeah, yeah, that's the Justice League, uh, starting with the Justice League one. Yeah, whichever one says new questions, right? Yes, yes, yes. That's the All one. Right. And then I'll I'll do I'll do the the ne- I'll read the next two then after after that. Okay. So he says, uh, hi Lanterncast. Here this is Ken. He says, Hi Lanterncast, here's some more questions for you. 
He, his first question is, what if the Green Lanterns had to replace the Justice League? Who would you have protect Earth? I know in the 80s there was a team after Crisis, but who would you have replaced the likes of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, etc.? Here are my choices. And he gave some choices. Um, uh, I came up with some, um, and none of mine are the same as his. Uh, so uh, let's see here. I have... Superman, I think you'll like Mark. I got Raker Karagat. Yay. Yep. Um, not so necessarily like, you know, strength, flight, like superpower stuff, but uh probably like the morality, the sense of justice, uh, freedom, so on and so forth. I think that it's not a perfect one for one, but I think it sort of matches. Um, and uh he had Sodom Yat, which you know, I guess goes more to the power side of things. Um for bat my Batman, I chose actually Von Daggle uh, of the corpse uh, be- because you know the the undercover, the you know, working in the darkness kind of uh, line. Uh, Ken chose Joe again. She's the detective, so she did kind of fulfill that role in the um, future state stuff. So it seems like a no brainer there. Uh, for Wonder Woman, I actually have Lara. Uh, he chose Boudica, but I have Lara because Lara was sort of raised like a, you know, a warrior, a combatant. Um, I don't think she was ever outright a princess, but she seemed like she was supposed to be the heir to some sort of family slash throne uh, in some way or, or you know, criminal empire or whatever in the world. She's got some ferocity, some power behind her combat style. I think Lara would work for sure. Obviously, pre Red Lantern Lara. Since Wonder Woman was a star sapphire. Uh, Flash, I cheated. Uh, so he said uh, Kirzik Zappel. I, I I said Wally West when when he was Kid Lantern. That's good. <laughs> uh, Aquaman, I got uh, not Kaloi, uh, which is one of the oldest lanterns. Um, uh, and uh, in, in terms of like, first appearances of alien lanterns he's the guy that looks like a fish with like a, a literal fish bowl type of thing on his head so that he can breathe with water um ken chose penelope's good pick um and this is where we sort of branch off he 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 did include an adam uh an adam character he chose liesel pond for obvious reasons i actually chose uh i never could say his name the mathematic green lantern the 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 the, the sentient math equation green lantern uh Drixky, it's d-k-r-t-z-y i could never say his name okay okay yeah 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 um he chose for his swamp thing metaphil which makes sense i actually chose o uh opalette which is like the little floating onion bulb looking thing i can see that that's another do you remember do you remember olapet's like sort of natural like alien species ability not off the top of my head, honestly. So o- o- Opalette's ability is there is almost immortal because when Opalette dies, it releases a seed that becomes the next Opalette, but retains the memories of the prior iteration of itself. So in terms of like, you know, passing on memories through the green, like, you know, there's always a swamp thing. There's always an opalette, that sort of a thing. That's what I was thinking there. Uh, so that was that was my idea there. He chose a black canary as Rotlop fan, which makes sense. But I I didn't go there. Uh, 
I didn't pick a Black Canary. Uh, he's also got Martian Manhunter as Sarek or Zero Vrex. Uh, I actually chose Martian Manhunter is one of the two. It's either Tomar Ray or Kilowog. Now, not for powers. Kilowog, obviously, last of his species, you know, really wanting to be accepted by humanity. I'm more thinking, and and Ken referenced it in his email, that that time in the 80s when Kilowog really did live on Earth, was searching for a sense of community with the Russians or whatever, because apparently, like, their their mentality was close to the mentality of his home planet, that sort of a thing. Uh, as well as, and I included Tomare as an option there, because I sort of see both Tomare and Kilowog as the way a lot of people see Martian Manhunter's role in the league, not in terms of power, but in terms of wanting to be accepted, the heart of the league, like that sort of a thing. I could see Tomar Ray or Kilowog fulfilling like the, the heart of a Green Lantern league sort of a role. If Tomar Ray was alive. <laughs> that is. Yeah. Uh, for my cyborg, I chose two, six or Salak. Now that could be yeah, two, 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 six makes a lot of sense. I, I, I missed two, six. So I, I'd be down with that. Uh, and, and, you know, it could be cyborg, cyborg or Oracle for either one of those, or we could just have two, six be cyborg and Salak be Oracle. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, Cause technically both fulfill very different roles. And then this is where I got different and started throwing in other characters who I like as leaguers, but just wanted to p- pick other ones. So we got, Firestorm and or Captain Adam, that could be Goran's son, because I do miss Goran's son mm-hmm. of that era. I picked uh, for my Hawkman and or Green Arrow, Vath, because Vath is a trained warrior. His constructs are always weapons of some kind. I think he sort of matches more Hawkman than he does Green Arrow. Uh, but in terms of fighting with weapons, the trained soldier, ferocity, you know, ability, agility, that sort of a thing. Um, for those of you who remember a time when Orion <laughs> was on the league, uh, I chose Iolande because not b- because of the powers, but remember Orion is always very kind of uppity about his upbringing and is kind of a fish out of water, but also was raised to sort of be royalty in some ways. Iolande, at least when we first met her was very kind of, you know, she was raised Royal. So she was always kind of a little full of herself in some respects, uh, had that sort of, you know, royalty air about her, uh, a little above it all kind of a thing, uh, which I think sort of matches Orion. And then lastly, I have for my Zatanna and or Constantine role, uh, Tor Kamada, Tor Kamada. Makes perfect sense. Uh, although when I was reading up on Torquemada's um, origins and like, cause I'm, I was over on comic vine reading up on some of his stuff. If you read up Torquemada, he's like the green lantern, Aryan Lord of Atlantis <laughs> in some ways, because he's like raised in deep magic to understand like all he, I don't know. Uh, but Arian was never uh, was Lord of Atlantis was never really part of the league. So I had to put him into the Zatan- the other magical roles that we have in the league, which is Z or Constantine. Um, Ken's next question, though, uh, was how would you merge the Green Lantern characters with Lord of the Rings? This is something I thought of back in 2015 when DC was doing their movie variants at the tail end of the New 52. Very disappointed by the two we got for GL, and I thought the perfect combination for a comic series about Power Rings is a movie book series about Magic Rings. 
So the Lantern characters were in the Lord of the Rings universe. These are some of the characters I think they would be. I'm not a huge fan of the Lord of the, Lord of the Rings. I only watched the movies and barely read The Hobbit. So if you have any better comparisons or mergers, please let me know. And then he gives us a list here. I don't know. Uh, his list seems fine. Uh, with, you know, some odd choices here or there. But, like, I don't know that I'm – I don't know that I'm versed enough necessarily to to make that call. I actually thought the the movie variants were fine. Do you remember those? Vaguely. Very vaguely. Uh, there was uh, what was the freaking? There was the uh, oh god, is it the Lost in Space version with Kilowog? I can send you the link, uh, so you yeah. can take a look. Yeah, it's not ringing a bell to me. So there's that one for Green Lantern Corps, and then there was I think this is this is space. The one for Green Lantern was uh twenty two thousand one Space Odyssey. I think. Oh, that that Kilowog is. Oh God, why am I drawing the blank on? Oh, Forbidden Planet. That's the one I'm drawing the blank on. Thank you. Yes, that's yeah, yeah. I recognize. Yeah, because it's supposed he's supposed to be like Robbie the robot there. And yeah, the other one is definitely 2001: Space. Yes, Odyssey. oh yes, 2001. Yes. Yeah, I do. I vague. I now that I'm seeing them, I do. Yes, I do remember. I do remember that that wave. I'm. I mean, looking at his list. I mean. Uh, Again, we're not going to go through all of it. Uh, I would say I don't know about Sam being Guy Gardner, because Sam Sam is kind of like kind of like the moral conscience there of everything, keeping everybody on the straight and narrow, or at least keeping keeping the quest moving forward by keeping Frodo on the straight and narrow. So I don't see Guy really as that. I mean, there's, and there's a part of that with Guy, but not. I don't see that one as perfect. Uh, I don't really see Lake John Stewart as Legolas either. I don't know who I, I don't think, I don't think that's, it's easy to find the ones that don't match, but it's, but again, like you said, I, I don't have a, I don't have a huge amount of vested interest in long-term in Lord of the Rings either. So it's kind of hard to come up with natural replacements for, for all of these. Uh, but, but some yeah. of them are, some of them, you know, some of them are, are dead on, I think. And then there's others that, uh, yeah, he's got Kyle as Frodo, which makes sense because of you know ring bearer. Yes, <laughs> you know the his responsibility stuff like that. But I I also could honestly see Kyle as honestly sort of a, a, a as a Sam role. Yeah, in some respects. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You you could just like just like I don't see Simon as as Mary. I and again maybe he did that on purpose just because he paired up Simon and Jessica and Simon and Kelly again so as two so you have two characters that kind of have a a a close you know close relationship so that would be I can so from a bookend perspective I can see it but if you're matching the essences of the of those characters that you're looking for Green Lantern equivalents of yeah but yeah but it's interesting. I think my favorite movie variant, at least, is the the one that I the one that I actively sought out was the Action Comics one I just sent you. Which oh was God, the I, do. I, rem- I remember that one. That, yeah, that was I thought that was cool, <laughs> especially with the the reign of the Superman characters in the in the telephone booth and everything. That was that, I thought that was pretty well done. Yep, Superman and Doomsday hanging out because that happens <laughs> all the time. <laughs> uh, I thought it was funny. Uh, and then he's got his next one, which I'll obviously pass to you after I read it. Um, 
Oh, oh, sorry. Never mind. That's uh, you'll 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 end up reading that one. Um, I got his I got his emails mixed up. Uh, he was also because uh, he did send us uh, send us a question before before in the past about uh, you know code names and secret identities. And he stuff, does so. love his code names. You give him yeah you, ha- you have to give him credit. We may not agree with it, but you have to. He, he the man is dedicated to his code names. <laughs> <laughs> he said uh i was thinking over the concept of code names and call signs and i thought what if the ring censors what the lanterns say the rings already translate the wearer why wouldn't it translate or even encode part of the lanterns dialogue so that others don't hear their secret identities i get secret identities are a little outdated with the popularity of the mcu and most lanterns don't use them but considering some of the lanterns still wear masks and want to keep their identities secret especially kyle who lost both of his girlfriend and his mother because because of the villains knew who he was and wanted him to suffer. I imagine censoring their speech could be a benefit. So my concept is that the ring automatically replaces the wearer's uh, whenever it is the wearer's name, whenever it is said in public with a code name like highball or translates the name into an ancient lost alien language like Jonathan to Johannes. The later, the latter could be a little alarming for people on earth, but considering they have seen aliens, zombies, etc. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. What do you think of this idea to protect the secret identities of Earth's Green Lanterns? And are there any other reasons lanterns should wear masks? Tomar Ray used to wear one, so I imagine an excuse being that it was part of the uniform. All right. So number one, we already have a built-in reason, a built-in quote-unquote answer to the code names. If, and I'm going to come back to this in a second. If we assume the ring is speaking out loud, which I will come back to, we already have that built in because all they have to do is refer to their sector number. 28, yeah. 2815.1. The odds, and if he does, and if Hal doesn't know who 2815.1 is, he can ask and the, and the ring will, and the ring will tell him because probably nine and a half times out of 10, this is the way I've always assumed, the ring is going to communicate telepathically to the bearer. You may, now the bearer may speak out loud to the ring out of force of habit. But most of the information the ring's going to be sharing to the bearer is going to be telepathically. It's only if you if you're with a group of people and you're asking the ring, like ring, tell us this, then the ring will probably speak out loud. But in my mind, most of the conversations taking place between the ring and the bearer are either all telepathic or the bearer speaking to the ring and the ring is responding telepathically, especially if there's other people around that the ring is going to kind of like automatically realize that I'm not supposed to be broadcasting this to 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 the to the people around who might possibly pick up on this. So I think that covers, I think to me that covers both. You already have the, you already have quote unquote code names because you have your sector name, your, your sector number. That is how, that is your number. So that's how a Green Lantern, the ring can refer to other Green Lanterns. Yeah. And if you don't agree with the tel- telepathy thing, which is insane to me because we, we learn about different ring powers all the time. Um, you could easily change that to just be like, Green Lantern is always surrounded by an aura. The sound doesn't travel outside the aura. Because when you think about it, and I did, and I and I dealt with this in my in my Green Lantern script. More important than what people might pick up on b- between literal conversations between you and your ring is, and and trying to pr- pr- protect other people's identities or, or or names that are being thrown out in conversation. We don't we don't get much of an explanation regularly about how the Green Lantern ring itself is disguised by people who wear it 24-7, because especially on Earth, if you were wearing a Green Lantern ring 24-7, 
people would recognize it. People recognize not everybody, but some people would just like if I'm wearing a Green Lantern ring when I'm when I'm out. Some people will recognize what it is because people know what it symbolizes in a world where the Justice League exists. People are going to know what a Green Lantern ring looks like. So there has there should be some built in and there probably is a built in mechanism for where people on the outside, when you're not in uniform, wouldn't see your Green Lantern ring as a Green Lantern ring or wouldn't see you wearing a ring as all, at all. <laughs> so that's kind of more important than, the, I think, than editing out the conversations. And for the masks, it depends. Again, there are reasons some people some people want it's it's standard part of the uniform. And if you're not concerned about your secret identity or like in the movie, when uh, Tomar mentioned about on you don't really need it on Oa because there's no need to keep a secret identity there. That when you need it, it's there. When you don't, you don't. And it's your choice if you choose not to ever to if you think you don't need one, especially if your whole life is being a Green Lantern, then you probably don't need to wear one. But if you have an alter, you know, if you have another life, then you're probably going to want to keep that separate. So I think the mask still serves a purpose. Yeah, for sure. I agree with all that. Want to go to Corey? Absolutely. Let's let's go to Corey. Corey is talking about our Beware My Power review episode. Hey guys, Green Lantern, Beware My Power left a lot to be desired with the slow pace, wooden voice acting, and questionable plot choices. But since how Jon Stewart got his ring in the movie has been discussed so much, I don't understand why we had to see his origin at all. I would have rather the movie start with him already a Green Lantern. Maybe he is a newer member to the core, and the movie opens with him handling a situation in a sector of space. Maybe the scene is a war on another planet, and we see his fearlessness to stop it against incredible odds. His PTSD could get worked in as well. While he's dealing with this, Hal somehow becomes incapacitated and John has to save the day. I don't know, just spitballing. And I'm not saying this is even a great idea, but I think not showing John Stewart's origin would have been better. They never showed his origin in the Justice League cartoon. He was just a Green Lantern from the beginning of the show and it was never a problem. Also, I like John Stewart a lot, so I wasn't bothered by a John Stewart-centric movie. But I agree with the listener feedback in episode 490, pointing out the lack, pointing out the lack of his own big bad for the movie. It's a shame that in 50 years, nobody ever wrote a villain just for Jon Stewart. Anyway, you guys are awesome. And thanks for all that you do, Corey. He does have a he does have a villain. It's Anshi. <laughs> his arch villain is Anshi. Fatality. Or himself. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's it. Corey's Corey's got a good alternate view here. I mean, if you get that, if if you if you thought. This is like an outside looking in perspective. If you and if you cared, which DC DC probably didn't care anyway, that if you thought you might get some pushback because you're taking a little bit of this origin and a little bit of this origin and a little bit of that one, and you're kind of like mixing them together. So the odds are when you do that, kind of like the appeasement thing, where you tend to when you try to appease, you kind of make nobody happy. That the at the end of the day, or being a chronic compromise, you at the end of the day you don't make anybody happy in what you're trying to do. That if you had thought about that, you would realize, yeah, we're better off either. Maybe that's the best way to do it. Let's avoid giving or or giving like brief moments of flashback or something. Moments of how he got the ring, but don't make it a substantial part of the movie, depending on what they want, depending on what the big picture story is that you really want to tell. But I don't know. I don't like he mentioned there were a lot of things, a lot of things kind of wrong or problematic with that movie. So I don't think just. I don't know if that would have solved anything, but it everything, but it would have, it would have been one less thing for people to bitch about probably. Yeah. Um, he's right. I want to go. I, I badly want to go on a Google search for John Stewart villains, just in case I missed something out of my own memory, which is entirely possible. 
given how failing my memory seems to be lately, which Mark can attest to. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, I don't want to risk, you know, there being uh, the sound from an ad or slowing down anything or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 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 I do agree with Corey. Like, some, you know, I think I think a conversation that needs to be had with any adaptation now at this point, uh, given the the prevalence of superheroes just in general, regardless of whether it's one you know or not, is is an origin story necessary? That's just got to be a conversation that you have uh, before you adapt anything. Again, regardless of if it's a, a character everybody knows or not, do you need the origin story really? Yeah, I think that's I think it's that that's a, certainly a worthwhile debate to have. I think I think in some instances it's important, and again, and like a combination of what we what we've said in, in different ways that that sometimes even if you think it is important, it may not be important to go in chronological order and to yeah. show you it. There may be aspects of his origin that are important to the character and are also important to your plot, but you can introduce them in different ways later on. That there may be moment, there may be, you know, flashback, flashbacks, triggers, something that brings up these aspects of his, of said character's origin and past that you get at the right moment. And then it makes it maybe it, it fits better as opposed to going, you know, A, B and C. You may be able to hop, skip and jump a little bit, too, potentially. Yeah. All right. For continuing the Ken sandwich, this is a question you'll be more suited to answer. You want to read that one? Sure. Uh, this, Ken says, I just wanted to send you an extra question for your Green Lantern and Star Wars merge. Compare the characters from the two franchises. There are tons of characters in both universes. I miss the sequels and and, and way more EU, EU characters, not to mention their emotional spectrum characters. So let me know who you can think of. Um, so when you did when you did this, you you basically took the character in the other franchise and you looked for Green Lantern equivalents. Or did you do the opposite? Did you do Green Lantern equivalents and look for characters in the other franchise that matched? Uh, I mean, I, it really depended. At first, I wanted to play with powers and stuff. But then I was like, well, what do they bring to the league? Uh, you know, Superman with his sense of justice and everything. That led me to Raker. Batman, who is, what's his, what does he bring to the league? That led me to Stealth and Von Daggle, so on and so forth. All right, because because I was when I when I first read this, because obviously, depending which way you approach this, you can go in different directions as opposed to um, this. I think it's probably simpler using I'm, let's just use the Star Wars character and let's see if I can come up with some equivalents. His Anakin Darth Vader being how Jordan Parallax makes sense because there is an absolute correlation to the arguably the chosen one and the fall and the, fall, the fallen hero and. And being corrupted and being feeling, yeah, there's a whole laundry list of things that you, because I've, I, you know, I think you and I've talked about this in the past episode about how you could make a strong Green Lantern Corps, Jedi Count, you know, Guardians, Jedi Council, Green Lantern Corps, Jedi. You can make a lot of, a lot of straight up comparisons. So, as, and it's not just the downfall with Hal, it's also the idea of kind of being the chosen one. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. Like I said, yeah. He is the chosen one, the best. Based on based on overall skills, not necessarily. Even though again, Anakin was never the Anakin was never the ideal based on his behavior. He was the he was supposed to be the most eventually be the most powerful and the chosen one. Hal was kind of Hal on one level because of how he was put up on a pedestal was was viewed in a dip. But I think the Hal, Hal Jordan parallax is a good Anakin Vader 
comparison. Uh, Luke, see, that's Kyle, I suppose, fits. I, I don't have an issue because Kyle, it was, uh, we all know Kyle was chosen randomly originally, and Luke obviously wasn't. Even before we got the prequels and everything else, we uh, before the original trilogy ended, we knew we you know we knew there was something about Luke that you know he had he had a natural gift. It just had to be developed. We just didn't know how much he had the gift. But, True, but but I I do see the torchbearer aspect in Luke. Luke is supposed yes. to bring back the Jedi. Kyle brings back the core. Yeah, and there there and there again there and yes, there is an element of where in theory Kyle. Like Luke, I think should have been, which was the last of the old, the first of the new. Yeah. That's something Kyle could have been, but obviously they went in a different direction. Right. I'm an Obi Wan guy. I don't see John. I can see very some aspects of John because he's because he does have some wisdom to him, but I don't. I don't really see that analogy all that much. If we're gonna continue this, I'll. I'll I'm gonna cheat on this one because only because Kyle, you mentioned this directly. I'm gonna say Hal Jordan Specter. Because Kyle references that directly in the comic book, saying that's because it's very Ben Kenobi of you, Hal, when Hal showed up to give him advice. And he was being very cryptic because he didn't want to give Kyle too much advice. So I'm going to say I'm going to say that one uh, just because it's kind of we have some natural pay, you know, pagination to, to back that up. I would say Alan. Alan's not a bad one either, actually. Alan, Alan is a good Alan is another good, a good possibility there because of. Yeah, Alan. Alan is pretty wise. So if we're if we're leaving out, you know, superpowered well, characters. I mean, we'll also like mentor. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would be would be you know upset by you know would be invested in him uh, near father figure and the and and the relationship between who had been there previously and then who was there now. Yeah, because Alan had the relationship with Hal and had the relationship with. Kyle that actually that that's a really good one Yoda Ganset yeah that kind of fits I mean I don't yeah. know who else we can really little quote. blue little green <laughs> yeah I don't know about Abbott and Qui-Gon um Qui-Gon See, when you said Spectre Hal that's who I thought is Qui-Gon it's not yeah. a, it's not as good a comparison as the other ones I've made I, I uh Qui-Gon the Qui-Gon is a tough one because we know he's he's got a lot more importance than he originally well I'm not going to say he originally was supposed to because who the hell knows how Lucas originally envisioned him uh but Qui-Gon has because of his ability to in his relationship with the living force becoming the own the first in canon to become a, a Jedi spirit first it was supposed to be just disembodied but now in the post in the Disney era the you know the that now he's been able to do full body. Originally, he wasn't supposed to be able to do that because he died before he could get that far. But I don't know. Abin has a role. Abin has an important role and a legacy. And I guess if you look at it from the perspective that Abin, quote unquote, found Hal and Qui-Gon found Anakin. I can I can I can I can live with that. Um, Mason Tomar, too, I, I mean, or Tomar Ray. Let's stick with Ray. Oh. Uh, I mean, maybe I think Tomar is a much more accessible and, and generally likable character than Mace Windu. Mace Windu was more powerful per capita for what he was, but I think, but I don't know. That's kind of a dick. Who, Mace Windu? Yeah. Yeah, Mace Windu is kind of a dick. I was being diplomatic, but yeah, he, to most, not to everyone, but he, but he had much, he had more of an attitude, certainly than Tomar did. And I'm just trying to think who would be, uh, actually, 
Guy might be a good Mace Windu, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Now that yeah, honestly. Yeah, I think Guy would suit guy the Mace is Windu. Powerful and yeah. regardless, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, Guy straight up took off his ring to have a fist fight with Arkillo. So like, yeah, for sure, I could see Mace doing some shit like that. And he was flying around in space with his dog hanging out in front of Sinestro. <laughs> I don't know about the rest of this list. I don't. I don't want to cut you off, but like we we start getting to Ahsoka and then to Lando. Yeah, we, and, I can just I can zero in on some of the main ones. Uh, Chewbacca, yeah. Kilowog, I guess because it's 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 kind of like that natural. It's more like a muscle thing, uh, in a way. But they both serve important roles as almost like second bananas. Now the one he loses and horrible brownie points on is trying to make Han Solo Simon Baz. Yeah, and not that's not just for our dislike of Simon Baz. No, it, 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 there's not there. There's like not nothing. I mean, let's well, let's be actually. You know, you know what? You know who would be if we're gonna do this? Hal Jordan on his own is Han Solo. Yes, Hal Hal Jordan test pilot, but yes. also Simon Baz has his aptitude for tech and and mechanics and stuff like that. The the driving, you you could you could sort of make a comparison there, I guess. Uh, he 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 was a car thief, you know. Han is a little bit of a thief, you know. He can he can be what's its face off Frick from uh, <laughs> the Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> your buddy. It, in terms of like a rascal and a rapscallion, you're probably better off saying Jack T. Chance is Han. Yeah, but he was a bigger dick than Han. I'm not saying Han didn't have dickiness in him, but Jack T. Chance was was pretty. Remember, Han Solo had kind of he kind of had the heart of gold buried underneath. I don't think you could say that about Jack T. Chance, but I know I know what you mean. Let's leave out Lando because that's uh, C-3PO would be two six. I think that's that. I mean, Salak, you can make a case for Salak because Salak is kind of dicky. Pri- yeah, but but, but but two six talked in 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 a very C three PO type of way too. So yeah, I mean unless we want unless we want to be fair and say two six can be R two, and then still. we and then we can live with and then we could live with C three PO either being you know there's there's still too, but 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 being kind of like rough around the edges and being unlikable on certain levels, there is an element of Salak I could see with C three PO. Uh, Krona's definitely not the Krona's definitely not the emperor. Uh, if you were going to have anyone be the emperor, I would probably say I, I would go more with Necron than that because Krona, at least in the beginning, Krona wasn't really driven by just he was selfish, but he wasn't. But it's not like controlling the universe was his was his goal. He just wanted to uncover the secrets of it. Just so there's elements that in, could be applicable in control. I'd say Sinestro because Sinestro doesn't make sense as Dooku. Yeah, but Sinestro, I don't think he is. I don't see him as city. Actually, you can make a case Sinestro. Well, the reason why I guess he probably picked Sinestro is because of the fallen Jedi, fallen Green Lantern. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I'm not saying it's perfect, just like I don't necessarily think the Maul atrocitous thing. No, there's, there's, but I see the, but there's a lot of, but Maul is very, very, you know, he's, he is close to pure age at times. So I, I don't think that's really so bad. Uh, I could say, I could see that. Um, I don't see, I don't see Grievous as Larflees because Grievous wasn't really greedy, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he had he had a goal, but I mean, uh, I'm just trying to think. I'm Grievous is a is an interesting one. I'm trying to think if there's. I'm I'm awful at at the names. What was the freaking robot dude that would cough? That's Grievous. Oh, that's Grievous. Oh, yeah. yeah. So is it? Yeah. Well, I mean, in terms of collecting lightsabers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's just that's just that's just that's trophy. Yeah, it's trophy hunting. 
or trophy collecting, but that wasn't his goal. Yeah, I mean, true. in a sense, but I know, but I'm, but I'm looking at the inner, uh, so it's more actually not to, we don't want to go on too long. Think about characters that he didn't have included. Like, uh, who would be, who would be St. Walker? There's got to be somebody very, very, very hopeful um, that we haven't already used. Force Ghost Yoda. <laughs> I, well, <laughs> but that's variations on a theme. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to think if there's somebody who's because you would think he'd be a nat, he should be a natural one to find some kind of a, and it's probably somebody like I'm just looking at all in my in my head. I'm playing. I mean, think, Leia is pretty hopeful. Yeah, she is. I was just trying to keep the gender, keep the gender thing. Heaven yeah. forbid these days, keep the gender thing lined up. Not that, I mean, I don't think Jess, Jessica is not a perfect match, but I don't know who else. I mean, we, we don't have many choices and, and uh, we don't have that. Oh, actually, you know, uh, who did I see? I probably, I might actually, I might put Sora. I might go with Sora more than Jessica Cruz. Cause even though As Sora. Had a, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, I can see that Sora was a badass. Yeah. Sora and Sora has, and Sora is pretty dedicated to a cause, whichever cause it happens to be at a time. So I, I, I had thought of that before it slipped my mind because I knew I had Sora in there. So, yeah, I think, yeah, those are probably, probably the highlights. Um, I would say I don't see I don't cons- I don't see the stormtroopers as the I don't oh see the cl- I don't see the clone. I guess you can make a case the clone troopers are the dark stars because the clone troopers really weren't bad. And the dark stars, at least in their original incarnation, were not necessarily bad and the droids were droids manhunters that makes sense because they're kind of mindless in the way and being sent out to do their duty and they don't know anything but Boba i think that is fatality doesn't mesh for me but only it does make sense in the term of bounty hunters yeah so. you could you could almost use your, use your jack t chance there too That's as far true. as as far as the original the, the non-pussified tv show boba fett yeah. that you can make a case of that is a little might might be more might be more appropriate um or somebody else, somebody else from the corp, from the corpse, yeah, probably could fit. Maybe your boy from the corpse there would fit as Boba Fett. Yeah, maybe. Well, if people want to reach out to us with similar types of feedback to Ken and Corey, how do they do so? Lanterncast at gmail.com. The website is lanterncast.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Twitter. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Hashtag GeoCast to track us down there. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So please leave us a positive review on all platforms you listen to us on. Last but not least, if you like our Discord, or if you'd like to leave us a voicemail or send us a text, 708 Lantern is another way to reach us. 708 Lantern, and let us know what you think. All right. Well, thanks, Ken and Corey, for the feedback. If you want to leave those feedbacks for us, uh, again, episode 500 is fast approaching. So do that. Otherwise, I guess we will talk to you guys later. Good night, everybody. Good night.